In this episode of Order Within, I sit down with Dominic Piacentini, an accomplished educator, passionate wellness enthusiast, real estate agent, and fitness guide. Dominic's journey stemmed from the necessity to navigate a high-stress career in education, where he found himself drawn to practices of mindfulness and wellness as a means of combating tension and anxiety. We discussed the transformative power of meditation, yoga, and practices like cold plunging. Dominic shared how his experiences in dating and relationships also played a significant role in shaping his approach toward inner wellness. We touched upon the challenges and misconceptions prevalent in the dating world. Dominic shared his perspective on setting new standards in relationships and altering our approach to resonate with our internal betterment. My intent for this episode is to highlight the significance of wisdom derived from ancient practices enriched by modern science and the need to integrate them into our everyday lives. So let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to Order Within, navigating a world of endless chaos and crisis. Many of us are experiencing inner turmoil, insecurity, anxiety, fears, and isolation. These feelings are only being amplified by news cycles, social media, and never-ending political madness. How do we find our way out of the chaos? How do we find strength within ourselves? How do we find meaning in a world driven by materialism? These questions and many more I aim to answer on the show. My goal is to be a trusted guide on your journey to selfhood. May you find what you seek. Hello and welcome back to Order Within. I'm your host, Brandon Ward. We got another phenomenal guest today on our show. We got Dominic Piacentini today. He is an educator, a professional developer, experienced real estate agent, property flipper, and manager. He's also an avid fitness enthusiast, guiding groups through breath work and cold plunges for enhanced well-being. Dominic, you and I met through Ben, who also has a podcast. I love your background because you've got such a diverse layer of experience. I think you're also just an authentic human. So I'm excited to get into the weeds today, man. I think we're going to talk about a variety of topics. Dominic, welcome to the show, my friend. Happy to be here. And yeah, I think we'll cover some ground today for sure. I think so, man. We had a nice chat. I This is something that I do with all the guests before coming on is I, I like to connect and meet and make sure we vibe with the content. We want to talk about the topics that we want to talk about because I feel like authenticity and vulnerability are a big part of that. And Dom, your story is interesting in many ways, but I think one of the pieces, you've been a professional educator, you've been in the educational space for quite some time now, and you've done that work or did that work, I should say, in some pretty rough areas in New York, right? And that piece is what prompted you to get into a lot of the restorative work that you've been doing, the, the cold plunges, and it was your own kind of lack of, not lack of health, but your own experience with your health that kind of prompted you to make these changes, wouldn't it? Would you mind to share a little bit about your background and, and what got you into what you're doing now? Totally, yeah. So I am a career educator and I'm approaching almost 20 years, which is crazy to say. Dude, congratulations, um, by the way. I know. The shape tag is the way that age, but um, yeah. So I spent the majority of the first part of my career in a very urban school district up here in Rochester, New York. And our city is a beautiful one, but we have a really challenging environment, especially in our inner city. And in a lot of ways, our city is at the top of the list in many of the undesirable categories, right? And so that's the, the community that I was serving in, in these educational roles. And in some of these experiences, many of which were beautiful, right? I still connect with lots of former colleagues, lots of former students. A positive note, one of my students from when I first started teaching in that district is now a tenant of mine in one of my rental properties um, Super and we're cool. friends. We just worked out together the other day and he's a great kid he's making money. He's doing well. He's very successful. He's got a good hand on his shoulders. So there's, there's plenty of positives, right? But, um, awesome. I was first exposed to this idea of restorative practices as a, a way of being, or as a tool to use in schools. And we'll talk, I'm sure a little more about that at some point, but to your question, there was a point in my career where I was working at as an assistant principal in a very intense situation. So I was working at a school that was at the time, the only all male urban public school in all of New York state. So not a charter, not a private or Catholic school. And we were servicing our community's most risk population, right? So young men, young men of color, most of which were in a city that has its 
no lack of struggles, right? And no lack of issues to deal with. And we had a very successful, compared to our counterparts, rate for graduation and whatnot, but there was still an intensity of kind of those microcosm of, of the issues that the community was facing. And I, you probably saw someone some that- things, didn't you? Yeah. So yeah. lots of often fights, often challenges with, within the community that kind of spilled into the school, um, mm. different issues with families and in some cases, lack of family support, um, or families that would have, uh, issues that would spill over into the school as well, uh, that were sometimes violent, um, students who were coming to us with lots of needs and lots of social, emotional issues and not a lot of, um, support or ability to self-regulate and to, to deal with that. And so, um, there was a point in time where, because I care so much, right. I, I want to do a good job and I care about the kids that I'm working with and I care about the staff that we're supporting. And there was a point in time I had to be in my mid thirties at the time and healthy, physically fit, active kind of guy, always keeping busy. And it was dismissal. And as it was a pretty hectic, stressful day, as most days were in that time period. And there was a couple of fights that were breaking out simultaneously in the hallway as we're getting ready to get kids on buses. And I felt this tightness pain in my chest and neck. And luckily I, I worked with some really great, great staff members, like a counselor and a youth advocate that kind of worked in our building that were two of the best I've ever seen in my entire career at working with children and working with young men. They were just truly dynamic. And uh, one of them had been taking out, taken out uh, earlier in the year on a stretcher because of the impacts of the stress and the pervasiveness of the issues. He had a panic attack and had some mm -hmm. health issues and he was out for some time. So he knew what to look for. And he saw me amidst breaking up some fights and whatnot and having that physical intense reaction. And they pulled me into an office and sat me down and like, we need you here. Like we can't move on without you. And we've seen the effects of the stress on our colleague here. We can't afford, and you can't afford to have that happen to you. And I was this close for, to going down there for a minute. And it's a long way to say that really started my path and trying to think about how can I continue to do the work, continue to put my best foot forward, continue to give it all the effort that I have because everyone deserves that, but also be able to find ways to healthily detach and maybe to Detach is not the right word, but they find, find ways to healthily deal with some of those stressors that um, were associated with that job and with that particular time in that situation. Um, and that really prompted me to, to start uh, exploring some more spirituality, exploring some more ways of, of, of wellness. I took my first one-on-one -on -one class of how to meditate. Um, nice. And it didn't land well at first, it didn't really stick, but I began exploring more and more and the more I found success in terms of like regulating my own self, the more I wanted to dive deeper into it. And the more I wanted to be able to take those tools and share them with staff, share them with friends, family, students, whoever it might be, because if I'm finding success with it, then I want to be able to share that with others and have them benefit. And it's kind of like that, that Eastern, almost like a Buddhist idea that the idea of doing self-improvement or the idea of, of being well is not just solely a selfish one, right? We want to be well for ourselves, but if I'm well, then I'm going to interact with you and everyone else in a way that reflects that. That means that hopefully they'll be well and together we'll all raise the consciousness of our actions, behaviors, and how we engage and interact in the yeah, world. Yeah, man. I love that. Well, that's the aim for sure. And I think it's great that we're all hitting at that and different, different methods. Cause really that is what it's about. Dom is, is trying to raise the, the level that we all have, I think in our spirit and our consciousness. It's interesting though, from what you're describing, you weren't very familiar with any of those concepts. It sounds like at least until you started this, huh? So you were kind of brand new to this type of work, getting into meditation, spiritual work. You hadn't really done, you hadn't been interested in any of that stuff before. Correct. Not to be too self-critical, but if you had told me this would be my path, that I'm on currently, and I, I plan to be on for the rest of my time here on this planet was the case six, seven years ago, I would have laughed and said, you were crazy. <laughs> um, there was no way that I would have been doing the things that I'm doing now, but I, I'm so grateful that I have, I was naturally like a, a worrier and a pessimist just by nature. It's like mm -hmm. my Italian, you know, roots growing up and just always having that pervasive kind of like worry, but I've really been able to, to flip that. I think, and a lot of that work 
as a benefit of these experiences and wellness. And this has been so transformational for me. And again, I never would have thought in a million years that I'd be engaging in the things that I engage with now. That's cool. Well, it's good to hear because honestly, we need these types of practices because it's what they are, right? They're practices to come more into the everyday stream of life, particularly in the education space, underserved areas with that lack resources or have limited resources. The, learning meditation, learning yoga, learning breathing practices, journaling, like all these things cost nothing. So it's very little anyway. Even a, a journal could be a little bit of a, but you got a paper, you can throw it down on a napkin if you need to in a pen. So it's, it's great though, because we need to teach and share this, these tools more because that's what they are, right? They're tools that help us. And it's, you've came to them in different ways. And I think a lot of people, that's what I resonate with your story, Dom, is there's a lot of people that I think come into these types of things in similar ways. They kind of dismiss them initially, but then they have a hardship in their life that kind of forces them to reflect on where they are. And then they think, if I want to make the impact that I want to make in my life on the world around me, I've got to level up. And that's often what sparks our journey, right? Is, is how can I get better? And maybe I need to give these things more credence and start exploring them. And it sounds like it's taken you by the heart, man, in a lot of ways. So that was several years ago. And now you're going further and further down this path. You're incorporating these practices. So Dom, when you first started, what, was, what were some of the things that really made an impact for you when you were learning about these things? I guess just the sense of peace that it brought me either emotionally, spiritually, and in some cases in the moment physically. And the more I started to dip my toes into different modalities, the more I found there to be benefit to them. And so... I really, at some point, began just diving headfirst into a lot of these pieces, whether it's a couple of years back, um, I had been along in my journey and had been doing yoga and meditation and cold plunging and kind of experimenting with those things and doing them on a regular basis. But one of the biggest catalysts for me was going to different events, right? So whether it be locally or semi-locally and meeting other people who are leading or participating in events based on wellness, whether it be, again, the yoga, the breath work, mindfulness, meditations, all these different modalities to, to name a few. And then I really pushed myself and went to a retreat kind of on a whim without really knowing too many people. I had a, a few contacts that I was aware of, but not like close friends with. And it was like a healing retreat, never had experienced it before drove a couple hours out of town and showed up and it was truly like a really beautiful experience. And I found a lot of meaning in the activities that we did, the self-reflection that came from mm. all those activities, connecting with others who were either facilitating or just partaking and being around other folks who also felt called to do this work or felt called to engage in these experiences and, and to share. And that really was really empowering to, to know that it's okay to, I don't call it different, but you know, it was different for me. And so to find others who were comfortable in these spaces was really powerful. And after that first retreat that I went to, the two facilitators that, that run the organization had asked me to come back a couple of months later as one of their facilitators. So it was a quick turnaround as a participant to then being like someone on the team helping out. And that's led to me looking to, or me co-hosting a retreat with one of those young ladies at the space uh, out in the mountains. And that was a really beautiful experience. And I'll be planning as we speak to host my own retreats locally as well in the coming months in 2024. Again, just to kind Super of cool. put those things out there. I like to bring in people who I know who are practitioners to give them an audience to share their gifts. I love having people come in to experience these different modalities and feel what, what resonates with them and giving folks a chance to come together and to do those deep sharings and those deep healings. I've always found it to be truly powerful and, and transformational and I'm excited to be a part of more of these and to have my own as well. That's rad, man. Well, it sounds like community and being able to build community around what you're doing, what you've learned, and then helping other people come to these modalities. It's interesting when you do this, you don't necessarily have to be someone that's been yoga or meditating for 20 years to facilitate 
other coaches or other leaders to come in and be a part of your retreat or a workshop that you may run. That's something that I think is often underrated is being the organizer behind all this stuff, bringing dispersed different perspectives and being the guy or gal that pulls all that together, man. There's a lot of fulfillment in that. And it sounds like that's a part of the draw for you is being able to bring the different parts together, huh? And share that with people. You hit it on the head. I don't pretend to be an expert in, in all these modalities, right? I, I feel like I feel confident in leading certain things, um, but I have so much more to learn. And I love putting events together. It's kind of part of my day job in a sense. I've been a caterer in my past. I've, mm -hmm. I said, run trainings now. I, I've hosted events. And the beauty of it to me in some ways is pulling in the right people, right? So having those connections in, in these communities, in these spaces, and giving those experts who maybe are well-established or in some cases, someone that I know that's just starting out that I know is really good and to giving them a platform to get their business and their services out there. And for example, a, a couple of years back, when I left the city district that I worked in for where I am now, I, I had a, several years of a strong feeling of guilt, right? Cause like, I know that there's a lot of need in that community and that, that district. And I knew that I was, I guess in a way built for that. But at the time needed just a break, right? A step away from that environment because I was getting to be where it was detrimental to my health in terms of how I was dealing with it. So as part of addressing that guilt, I partnered with a friend who I met in, in that district and in our time together uh, in education there who had a, a not-for-profit and I was on the board for that not-for-profit. And one of the, the main ways that I would contribute to the organization was fundraising through hosting events. And I combined my passion of giving back to the urban uh, community with this new wellness journey that I was on. And for a couple years in a row, we had uh, an event uh, outdoors at our home field, which is one of the, the prevalent uh, high schools in the city in our area on the turf field. We had like 20 to 25 vendors of all different health uh, and wellness modalities, or even some like local clothing brands and whatnot. We had an ice cream truck for the kids. Um, Super cool. We had a DJ or live music and, and just bringing people together to experience different ways of being well, whether it be working out, whether it be learning about nutrition, experiencing a meditation, doing yoga, whatever it might be. We had a plethora of experiences and bringing in all those different people and fitting it together and making it work was a really cool experience. A lot of work, but it rewarding the sense that you're giving businesses and providers who have these worthy services that they're offering a new platform to meet new customers and then also raising money for a worthy cause. And then hopefully when people attend, not everyone that attends these things is a master practitioner of all these different things. They might not have done any of these things, right? And so it's, I see it as I'm giving them a comfortable and safe space to just dip their toe and try things out and that you never know that might spark an interest for them, or they might find some great benefit to it. And then they might go on their own path of really pursuing something that's helping them. That's awesome, man. Cause uh, truthfully, a lot of things, it all starts with a seed, Dom. You could be that seed, that event that you organize or continue to organize into the future as you expand what you're doing. Like those seeds matter a lot. That's something that I've learned in my life with other friends and colleagues and people in my community is planting those seeds and allowing them fertile ground to grow in and just being that seed that is allowed to open that up and drop it into the soil into someone else's existence is a very fulfilling place to be. And it's, I love too that because it's, I think sometimes we can get caught up in our own doubt, our self-doubt around we have to be an expert or whatever to do all this stuff. And it's just really not the case at all. If you have a passion for something, if you've experienced something yourself, if you found benefit in these practices and these tools, like there's no harm in sharing. Actually, it's a blessing to share in those things that you've learned. And I find that it's actually easier to connect with someone who's not some crazy, insane expert or who's been, you know, PhD level and in 40 years of it, like it, it, you sometimes can get so far away from the people that you're meant to help that you can forget what it's like at the early stages of those journey or just figuring it out. So I think it's fantastic that you're doing that, Dom, because ultimately in, you're organizing the community and educating about these important tools that are available to all of us. If we only knew that, that's the thing. Like it's, it really does improve the quality of our life. And it's you being committed to that mission, man, which is 
understanding and wanting to serve your community and help improve the quality of life around you, man. That's a very noble pursuit, no matter how you go about doing it. So, and you're early, dude, you're early on your journey, right? You've been doing this yeah. a few years. And so, but for, I'd love to hear a little more about, so you're full-time educator. You're obviously a hustler too. You got a few, you got a few side hustles going on. You're an entrepreneur. You got your real estate agent. You, you mentioned a rental properties that you've done. Like when you think about these things, what is it that moves you and drives you to have your hand in a variety of different areas like this? It's hard to pinpoint. I didn't grow up in a household that was of the entrepreneurial spirit, right? Like my parents both worked nights, days, weekends, like they had mm. three or four jobs. They were both social workers, right? So they imparted those like social emotional skills on us, maybe in a different language, right? Or different like vocabulary, but we were, mm. my siblings and I you know, really raised, I would say really well, right? I was blessed to have great parents who made it uh, their mission to, to raise really good human beings in our family. But that, that going that's out- That's a godsend, and, by the way. That's amazing. That itself, like right? that was a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> I always say my parents didn't give me any money ever, but they gave me love and really good home-cooked food, which Dude, who can argue with that? That's- there's a lot of people that have a lot of money, Dom, from families that are wealthy that don't have any love or home-cooked meals, and I guarantee you they trade it for all that, man. It, yeah. it, so that's there's a lot of richness in that, man. So I appreciate you saying that. But I, I think I just always have wanted more, I guess, in a way, like I'm never quite satisfied. I'm, I've been a mover and a shaker in a lot of ways. And in college, I was catering. So I had a little catering business I started in college <laughs> that literally started from having friends over, guys, girls, whatever, to watch The Sopranos and making homemade Italian dinners to then like people liking the food to then a buddy and I and I just started to put flyers out at the frat houses and the different people that we knew and offering <laughs> catering on Sundays at, at college that then led to other things, catering as a young teacher on the side. And then a, a buddy and I linked together and opened up a storefront, wow. which was like a goal of mine, like retirement that kind of came to fruition earlier than I thought. And that kind of gave me a taste of what it was like to be truly an entrepreneur, but that was a lot of work, right? So I was the main mm. source of cooking for this, this business on top of being a full-time educator. And I realized that there might be some smarter ways that I can be an entrepreneur as far as like time management that aren't going to be as physically and time demanding as this and finding some more ways to contribute. Not that providing food at an affordable price is a, a bad thing. But there was uh, other ways to fill my own cup while also being an entrepreneur. And I'm working right now with a holistic business coach. And one of the things that we talked about and pulled out for me was this golden thread, if you will, of like the things I'm involved in as far as like my businesses. And it's this idea of, of restorative, right? And so it's whether it be in wellness, right? So physical and, and mental and spiritual restoration. I started a small consulting business bringing restorative practices to school districts, to businesses, departments, groups, teams, whatever, finding ways. And restorative really is a, it's a way of being, right? So it's not a curriculum, it's not a program. It's, it's a way of interacting in the world that truly has its roots in indigenous cultures. And so mm -hmm. it's a really cool thing to connect back to because it's like an ancient wisdom. Mm -hmm. And it's simply just about getting to know each other on a human level. So whether we look different, talk different, come from different places, have different beliefs about certain things. The idea is that beneath all that, we're basically this, we have these basic human commonalities. And the more that we can get out of our own ways to make those connections and share those common experiences and common desires and beliefs that when conflict or disagreements do arise, we have that kind of human equity in the bank already to draw upon. And it makes it so much easier to deal with things as they come up because we've had that experience together. And so a lot of the work that I do now, even in, in, in real estate, I, I posted something on my social media recently about how it even translates to real estate. So I had a deal. I was uh, the listing agent on a property that we we're selling and my client was the one selling the home. We had several offers on the house. We took the highest offer and then three or four weeks into the closing process, the buyers backed out without really cause or reason. And it obviously caused her great distress, my client, the seller, and being able to have this level of calm, have this relationship with her to explain things and explain how we can move forward in a positive way was truly helpful. Come to find out the folks who killed the deal 
have been doing this like in the market, like this is their fourth or fifth time. So I'm not quite sure what their end game is, but just engaging with people along the way in a way that was appropriate. So I may or may not have made a, a frustrated phone call to one lawyer's office and <laughs> kind of given the business to the, the poor girl who answered the phone. And again, I, I made it very clear. I wasn't frustrated with her, but I was just like, I need your boss to get back to me because my client is losing money. We're trying to figure out what's going on. I just want to communicate. And I called her back the next day, even though I wasn't rude to her, but I wanted to apologize say, Hey, I just want to make, make sure we're clear. Like I was frustrated with the situation and possibly your boss would not returning my call in a timely manner, but I want to make sure that you understand that I wasn't coming at you. And I, if you felt that way, I apologize. And just doing things like that. She was so happy that I made that comment and she was just pleased that I was able to reach out to her in that way and reaffirming to me that I wasn't rude, but just, I think going out of your way to be to good to people. And when you may have overstepped, admit it and to mm. address it and call it out. And that is how I carry myself in all these different modalities, right? I want to be able to help people connect on a human way and being humans, we, we do get emotional. We do make mistakes and creating avenues and providing strategies for folks to positively come together and address those things when they do happen or being proactive to prevent them from happening as often as they might be has been really rewarding for me. And I'm excited to see where this journey of doing this work brings me next. That's, that's awesome, man. I can certainly agree that we need more goodwill in the world, more kindness and compassion towards one another and, and finding those commonalities because Dom, as you and I both know, man, you look beyond the surface between most people and we have far more in common than we have differences. And uh, so kudos to you for pursuing life in that way, because there's, it's easy to get caught up in fear and the differences and get just lost in all the anger and the hatred sometimes and take our frustrations out on individuals. Just like you were saying, the gal that you were communicating with at the lawyer's office, even though you're very clear with her, it's not fun to be on the receiving end of something like that, even if it's not directed at you. Cause I, I can relate to stuff like that being in business for many years of my life. It's you don't always, I've had shareholders, I've been on boards too. You're not always the guy or the gal getting the, the most positive things, but bringing some compassion and humanity to what we do really does go a long way. And you get a lot more bees with honey, man, than you do vinegar. That's for sure. So that's something man. that I, that I've learned the hard way and also in a good way too. So it's great that you're honoring that in your life. So Dom, the, there's something that we talked about too. We're going to, I'm going to do a little bit of a pivot here. Cause I think it's, I think it's, and before we do though, I am, I would like to talk a little bit about cold plunging too. So we gotta, if we, I would like to get through that before the end of the show, if we can, hopefully. I would um, love to. But something that we spoke about when we connected a week or so ago was the relationship world. And I haven't talked a ton about this on my show. And I'm only doing this because, well, we're not only, but you were volunteering information. We were talking about these things. And it's, I know it's challenging for a lot of people, I think, looking for partners who are dating or single and trying to find a partner, a life partner, right? And I feel fortunate that I've done that, but I also know how hard it was being single for the many years that I was and being a bachelor. And I haven't really had conversations like that. I haven't had the opportunity to yet on the show. I think for you and your background and how much you care about humans and like the work that you're doing in your life, you're obviously dedicating your life a lot to, to making the world around you just a more, I think, healthy, loving place just from what you're describing. But Dom, you're, the dating world, man, is kind of a, it's a bit of a shit show, isn't it? <laughs> oh man, I could write a, I was been joking with some friends recently that it's time that I monetize my pains, right? So. I need to find like a good screenwriter and develop a, a hit TV series, maybe a, a, a tragic comedy, if you will, just to kind of, ex, you know, play out some of these episodes of some of these experiences. But the reason why I think it came up in our, our meeting initially was because uh, we were talking about much like how some of the stressors from my career jolted me towards exploring wellness more recently. And, and even through that, some of my frustrations in the dating world or my disappointment with where I am in my life in that way. Again, if you would have told me when I was in my twenties that I'd be 40 and, and still single with no kids, I would have not believed that either. Right. So, mm. um, a lot of the pains or the experiences, good, bad, and in between that I've gone through in that part of my life has also really been a driving factor for me to pursue healthier ways of being 
let's, we've all had our heart broken before, I'm sure, right? We've all been frustrated with the way certain things played out or the way even that we handled certain things in that realm of life. And I've found that pursuing some of these wellness pursuits have been a really healthy way of dealing with things. And it's become a really healthy way of me to make sense of my current situation. Mm. Um, again, I mentioned before, I used to be a bit of a pessimist, right? And it keeps dwelling on the negative constantly. And one of the, the ways that I've been able to translate a lot of the inner work into this realm of my life is that, and I still am not beyond getting frustrated or getting hurt or disappointed in certain situations, right? None of us are, um, my friend. <laughs> but stepping back big picture is, I feel like I haven't met her yet. I haven't had that experience to really join in union with someone in that way yet, because if I had sooner, I wouldn't have necessarily gone down this path that I'm currently on. Mm -hmm. One that I'm so grateful that I have been because it's helped me. And I know that I have helped it will continue to help others in that way. And because this version of me, not that I was, I was a bad guy before, by any means, but like, this is just a different way of being for me and, and being involved in these types of things and being comfortable speaking on a podcast about these things, maybe <laughs> is going to be a testament to the idea that I had to evolve to this version of me to attract that right woman for me. And had I not experienced some of these situations or made mistakes that I've made personally, then it wouldn't have, it will not have led me to the ultimate goal, I think, of finding that, that desired union and partnership with the right person. Well, see, man, that there, just sharing it from that perspective is a testament that you work, that you've done internally, because it's hard to even get to that point without, because you're taking a hard situation when you're yearning for something deeply. And I know, dude, it's hard wanting and yearning a partner and not feeling like it's in your life, but understanding, being able to frame that from a perspective Reframing is super powerful too, right? That's a prime example of how you're reframing a tough situation and viewing it as a means to prepare you for the ideal partner in your life. And I think there's a lot of people out there that can relate to that, man, because I know people that are searching and hoping and wanting to find someone that resonates with them and is ideal to their values. And the I didn't get this when I was younger, but doing our work internally really is the quickest way often to finding that other person because it's once we make those connections within ourselves, the pieces tend to click and then we connect with somebody. But as you said, this the self of you five years ago, perhaps even if you met that person, you weren't there, right? And I know for certain that had I met my now wife at a different point in my life, Dom, it would not have worked. I was not in a place to be mature enough and be ready and heal and all of those things. And I think... From a male's perspective, we get caught up in, at least I know I was, and you shared a little bit with me in our private conversation, like getting caught up in the ways of the bachelor and sleeping with lots of women and having this idea that being loose and free and it's fulfilling. And I've learned that the hard way, and especially now in a loving relationship, I know damn well, it can be very heart-wrenching and painful and destructive. And so I think as men, and this is what I think is cool about what you're doing, is you're reflecting on these things and deciding to make changes about the way you're carrying yourself and the way you're interacting with women because we have to set a different standard than what we did in the past. If we're not finding success in our results, we have to change the way we're interacting with the other sex, right, and partners. And that's hard. And this is what I think started our conversation, Dom is the highly sexualized, pornographic driven world that we live in a lot of ways. Like one of the things that really changed for me was when I kicked the porn habit, man. Like it changed the way that I interact with women, myself. And I think there's a lot, I'm hoping before I, cause I'm gonna shut up after this, but I'm hoping that there's a big, there's a shift happening to where we can offer an alternative path for men out there that says, look, man, if you feel this is resonating in your heart or women, but we, if you want a partner, there are things that we have to do differently to get us to that point. And sometimes that's really challenging, isn't it? Yeah. So much like you, even earlier on in, in this journey, as things started to progress for me in, in this new way of being, I was going about my search for that partner 
by casually dating and thinking that through trial and error and just seeing where things took me that it would fall into my lap. And it was fun, but it was also empty in a lot of ways. And disclaimer, I was always a gentleman, always truthful. I was always respectful of people and I always will be, but I wasn't very intentional. I was less intentional. I think to your point, this sexualization of social media and the porn industry and whatever it might be, right? This idea of how we engage in, in relationships these days can be very ego-driven, especially as a man, right? So like you, as a man, I know I've been guilty of feeling my ego boosted by having lots of dates or having many partners or whatever it might be was a way to give myself self-confidence. And it was literally right before the pandemic hit where I told myself, this way of being is not working for what I truly want, which is like a meaningful partnership with somebody. And that was an interesting time to make that choice because then the world stopped. So I had <laughs> plenty of time to reflect even farther and even go even deeper into some of these practices. And then clearly I, it hasn't happened for me yet, even after changing course, but I can say that I've been better about being intentional and feel like I'm getting closer and closer to the end goal. And sometimes we have to be aware of our circles too. Like even in the more mindful yoga, spiritual community, I would have thought that would have been, okay, there it is. It's going to, we have the like interests and like beliefs, but sometimes that's not the case either. Like for me, I'm a very structured communicator, high on accountability, do what I say I'm going to do type of person. <laughs> and in those spaces, a lot of the people are free and the universe called me to be this way today. So I'm going to be over here. And that's been sometimes living in both worlds, right? A friend of mine who I do some consulting work with, who's also an educator and a mindfulness instructor and a yoga instructor. We often laugh like we're both in both worlds and it's sometimes difficult to navigate because it's not always lined up, right? There's different ways of being and just trying to find the person that you can mesh with, right? So their strengths are your weaknesses and, and vice versa. But having enough of that commonality and respect for each other to engage in a way that feels good for both parties um, has been a challenge. And I was sharing with you before the, the episode tonight, like I got some interesting stories through some of these experiences that I've been dealing with as of late and ones that I'm sure would be successful on a, a TV series. Just if you added some comedic dialogue to it, it'd be pretty, pretty interesting. Dom, you bring up a good point, man, because I think a lot of times things that are good for us and can be good for us, like the spaces you're talking about, meditation, yoga, these spaces, but they can also become useful excuses to, val to validate our behavior or support our behavior that's not good for us or the people that we're engaging with. And in particular, this the freedom concept or being free, and which is all well and good. People have to explore and find things where they are. I know as someone that grew up in West Virginia and you don't get to people's growth by limiting and demonizing them and judging them and telling them how wrong they are for doing certain things. I, that just doesn't work. It, it's, it only pushes them more towards those things, but there is a lot of floaty flaky components to the world of wellness and well-being and personal mm -hmm. development and yoga. And it's, dude, I lived in California for, for almost a decade. So it was like, all kinds of justifications for really crappy behavior. And and what I've come to learn, Dom, is a lot of this is just honestly wounded selves, which is how narcissism comes into play. And we often think about narcissists as like these big egoed people, but really we're very sensitive, fragile egoed people when we're in those states. And that can create a lot of bad habits. But the thing that's encouraging, and I genuinely believe you're gonna, you're gonna I feel it and I'm rooting for you in that sense. I really am, man. But it's, you have to, someone has to set a different standard in the way that we engage with other people. And when we set the standard, particularly as men, because we have the excuse to fall in line with, this is our biology, it's just our nature, we're bred to see blah, 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 blah. I'm not saying that's not real. I know it is. But when we accept that as our truth, we're literally saying my body, my biology has defeated my will. I've been conquered by my animal nature and our animal nature is empowering, but we have to set the standard. And that takes 
that conscious decision, that takes that willpower, that discipline that we have to lay into our life. And that's hard, man, because finding a lifelong partner is a incredibly valuable thing, but it's often can be very challenging. I think it's great, Dom, that you're willing to, to make the sacrifices to set that new standard because that's what it takes, isn't it? You got to do things differently than even what the world tells us we need to be doing. Yeah. One of the things that I was thinking about as you, as you were just uh, chatting there is this idea of mind and, and body or mind and heart coherence. And it's a way of approaching meditation and even manifestation, if you will, where it's not just about positive thinking or about thinking a certain way to try and bring what you want. It's about literally getting your body into a state where you can feel the, your desired state. So you can feel gratitude for what it is that you are hoping to accomplish, whether it's healing or being successful and, and finding a way to provide for yourself or finding that partner is getting your mind, which is your thoughts, right? And your heart, your physical self into a space where you're feeling actual gratitude for having the, these things that you want or that you feel that you need before it happens. And it's really cool. There's been a lot of recent brain research where people like Joe Dispenza are actually like quantifying scans of the brain and brain waves and our vibration in terms of when folks can enter into this high level of meditative state, they actually get their vibrational energy into a theta state, which is the, the largest wave that we can record. And that you act literally as like a, a magnet in a sense to calling in the things that you want, which again, if you had told me, I'd be saying this publicly a couple of years ago, but like, no way, man. But like, it's not only is it cool because it's, it's part of this like spiritual side of me, but it's also being validated by science now too. And that, that balance between both. And that's how I'm trying to approach things as well as every day, just being thankful for what I do have and continue to put out or trying my best to put out the right vibe, if you will, to attract the things that I know I want and deserve. Yeah, man, that's fantastic. And it, it is wonderful because it's truly validating ancient wisdom with modern science. That's all it is. These things are just showing what we've, what ancient traditions have taught for a very long time. And now it's just being validated to your point. It's not, but that's fantastic. It doesn't, we will make progress as a species, when we realize that these are two sides of the same coin, man, science and spirituality are, they're one and the same, just different expressions of this incredible universe that we live within. And the quicker we can marry those two pieces and get them to cooperate, it's the very, because dude, the polarity in our world is all around us. Everything is polarity. And so science and spirituality are polarities, negative and positives, male and female. It's all around us. We have two poles on the planet. That polar, that polar component is in everything that we do. And that's a scientific approach, right? That's what science validates for us is it shows us that polarity. But when we learn to vibe with those components and let them operate in our life, man, magic can truly happen. It doesn't always happen right away. It doesn't happen when we want it to sometimes. But I think the bigger point, and this is what's exciting about the work that you're doing, Dom, and the work that I think my listeners, the things that I do with myself, with my family, like... All of us are on this journey, figuring it out, learning to find fulfillment and meaning and purpose and healing. How do we feel whole within? That's the aim that all of us are on. That's the pursuit that all of us are on. So it's just going about it the way that resonates with us and finding what works. And in time, man, we get to where we need to be. And you just, you look back and you're like, what the, how the hell did I get here? And it's such an incredible thing. Like you. I imagine you're like, you've said it a couple times on the call already. Like, I never would have imagined my 20 year old self. If you said that to your 40 year old self, you'd laugh in your face. But it's amazing though, isn't it? And looking back like that is reaffirming to like the idea that it's not just cliche, cliche to say, but to really embody is to do your best to be in the moment, to be in the present and to no matter where it is on your journey that you're at, to really try and find the reasons to be grateful on that journey, because one day you look back and be like, oh, that was why this had to happen. And, and what if I had just had a better attitude about it? I would have had that much more fulfillment or enjoyment until I got here. And so for me, one of the things I, I'm constantly trying to work on is being as okay as possible with whatever's going on in my life or, or not going on in certain situations and making sure that I'm engaging with life, my job, my friends, my family, people I meet out and about as my best self, because I don't want to look back and be like, oh, I could have been so much 
more engaging with that person, or I could have enjoyed whatever experience that much more if I wasn't worried about what had happened or what might happen, but just being right there. And that's easy to say, and it's tough work, but the more we're aware of it, the better we become at it. Um, That's the game, man. That's the game. As you were talking, I was thinking about the idea too, of hearing you talk about like with the work that you do and with your family, like the idea of this collective consciousness, right? And so to get into the cold plunge thing a little bit too, I recently hosted a wellness event at my house and at a park not too far from my home. And what we did, we brought almost 50 people together and we had an experience where we, we gathered at my home and I gave a, war- a welcoming and we talked about three key themes for the day. Gratitude, so giving gratitude for being healthy enough to be there. Gratitude to themselves for showing up and, and doing this probably unique experience for them. This idea of restoration, so taking time to do healthy things for yourselves, but also healthy things for others. And then this idea of community through collective consciousness. And so the idea that when we're all better, we all do better. And so throughout the different phases of the events, including breath work and cold plunging, I made a point to share with them that odds are if they were to be engaging in breath work or cold plunging on their own, the effects of the the breath work probably wouldn't be as physically resonant in their body as it would be today with this large group doing it in unison together. The ability to be discomfortable in the cold plunge, they'd probably hop in and hop out. But because we were together in community, we were doing it together, you had people around you, coaching you, supporting you, you're probably going to be able to be more comfortable for longer in that uncomfortable experience physically because we have this collective consciousness. And it was really cool to see people live that out and, and then talk to me about it after the experience with gratitude about thank you for putting on the experience and thank you for making those connections. And now I have people texting me that they have been doing it at home or doing different things. And it's just that the idea of giving people a chance to just experience something and the power of community to then be empowered, to then go off and do it on their own or with others in a different community is how it spreads. Oh man, that's awesome. Humans are conduits. We're conduits to energy. We frequencies, just as you said, you were talking about the different frequencies that we can move through in our meditations and the, the various practices that we do. But that's also true when we're around other people, how we resonate with other people. And that's why we got to be so mindful of our circle with the people that we surround ourselves with too. If, and that doesn't mean that we don't help people who are less fortunate than we are, but it's the way those people are approaching their life. If somebody's less fortunate, but they have no interest in help and their interest is only in keeping others down and doing those things, probably not much you can do for that person. But if there is someone out there who has no resources, but they simply have the hunger for those things, there's a hope, there's hope for them because they have the yearning, that desire. Because Dom, to your point, it's like when you have community around you, you can facilitate desire, you can amplify desire, and you can anchor that desire in someone's self that they can build from. Whereas it's hard to do that, man, on your own, unless you're just kind of a savage. Some people are, and they can go about doing these things, but that's just not the case for everyone. And that's what I love about the work that you're doing is you're coming from the ground up, man. It's a very grassroots type of rise that you're doing. And and interesting is we've been talking and you've been talking about the community that you're building and the work that you're doing. I've, I can literally see you 20 years from now, your beard's going to be grayer, but you're still doing bald. this work still bald, still rocking. It looks good by the way, but Thank you, sir. the, the it's, but you're in these different garbs. I don't think you're going to, I don't see you in a suit anymore. And I think you're going to be more resonant with Dude, you're a bridge builder in many ways. The work that you're doing is bridging because you come from urban, an urban background, an educational background in that sense. And those spaces have been vacant for a long time relative to spirituality and mindfulness and these types of things. But science is now catching up as we've talked about. So those communities need that more than ever, man. And it's not woo-woo nonsense. So it's just, it's commendable that you're on this mission, you're rising up from the roots and you're building something beautiful, man. It sounds like I, I can't wait to see what you're doing, Dom, 20 years from now, dude. I know it may seem insane, but I, we're going to look back. I'm hopeful anyway. We're going to look back and be like, dude, remember that episode we recorded together? Look at you now, man. Look at what you're doing. It's, I think I'm excited for you, dude. I think you got a lot of great things on the rise for you. 
Well, thank you for those kind words. Uh, I appreciate that vote of confidence. And yeah, I'm excited to see what the, the journey has ahead as well. Well, Dom, so we talked about your work as an educator. You've got, you're an entrepreneur. You've got some businesses hustling that you're doing. But something that we talked about earlier is you've got a new consulting business that you're launching. And so I always end the show with, with two things, right? Call to action or ways that people can connect with you and then a parting message that you'd like to share with the audience. So what do you got for us? I can be reached currently just via my social media on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Currently in the process of getting a website put together. So that'll be linked and shared through those social media platforms as well. And like you said, as far as the consulting business, if you liked or anything you heard about the way I'm approaching things in this episode, I'm working currently in school districts or small businesses, teams, organizations that want to do either short experiences about team building or relationship building. I can come in and do different ways of resolving conflicts that are happening, or we can work to build on a more long-term scale systems that will bring that human aspect to the forefront in terms of dealing with situations, being proactive, and then effectively dealing with stress as it arises in different ways. And that's what I'm working through right now and looking to expand that, whether it be through wellness events, retreats that I'll be hosting, that's kind of infinite branches to what we'll be doing in the coming months and years. But looking forward to, to see where that takes me. And a party message would be that everyone deserves to be healthy, happy, and strong. And you just got to go out there and get it for yourself. And if you're hesitant, I would share from experience, go push yourself to try something different, especially if it's something that's going to be healthy um, and a healthy practice, because you might just fall in love with it. I love it. And it literally can be dipping your toes in. If you want to dip your toes into a cold plunge, get a little started, like just get started, right, Dom? If you're feeling that pull towards something, get started. That's a great, that's a great message. Dominic, it's been fantastic having you on the show. We'll link to your social media. So if anybody wants to connect with you with the work that you're doing, they can reach out. I'm excited to watch your journey, man. I know you're just getting started. You've been doing this. You've been on the path for several years now, but I can see the fire that you have and the vision that you have for your life, man. And I'm excited to see where you take all this because truthfully, we need more wellness communities and bridge builders in our world. And I definitely think that you're one of those. Dominic, I certainly appreciate your time, brother. And thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. It's been a good talk. Heck yeah. Well, listeners, appreciate your eyes, your ears, your energy, all that in a world that's constantly competing to pull your attention away to all kinds of things. It's certainly appreciated. With that being said, I'll catch y'all next time. Thank you for listening to Order Within. If you found the episode helpful, please consider sharing, rating, and subscribing. New episodes will be released every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until next time, y'all.